digger here and ain't no wannabes here with some not so nice advice for your writing career to be clear no punches will be pulled but the punch may be spiked how they like before they get on the mic to my left we got the mighty Mer Lafferty and if I piss her off believe me she'll come after me and her co-host Matt Evan Wallace on the right yes she may be half as hype as she could take him in a fight so settle in folks buckle in and boot up time to meddle in a way to make your writer shut up it's hard work but the perk is that it's fun and exciting Facebook will still be there when you're done writing Ditch Diggers! Coming to you live from the uh, Orca Support Network room of the Ditch Diggers Mansion. We've got the Ditch Diggers with Mer Lafferty, Matt Wallace, with our special guest host, Mer's agent, Seth Fishman. Hi, guys. How are you? Good, Mer. How are y'all? <laughs> good, good. Took us a little while to get all of us together in the same virtual Orca room, but uh, glad we're all here. Um before the recording, we did discuss uh, where we stood on the Orca issue, and Seth did tell us he saw Moby Dick, so uh, it's been a good, interesting start to the day. <laughs> and we're not going to explain that any further for nope. the podcast listeners out there. You're just nope. going to have to do it. If, if you want context for these things we talked about at the beginning of the show, you got to come to the live streams. That's right. That's part of the deal. Yeah. So. Exactly. Or you can follow my Instagram live stories, which are now deleted, so it's uh, one of oh. the two. Which <laughs> are now deleted. I love it. Um, yeah. So uh, first, real quick, what we've been up to, Matt. You've you've had a pretty boring week. Um, yes, nothing happened last week in my life. It yeah, was, it was very very sad. No, I was just telling Seth all about this. Premi says proud of everyone for not making fishman whale jokes, and I just want to acknowledge that I had to refrain, and that's how much I respect you, Seth. It was very hard for me because I love terrible puns. But thank that's you. Okay. Well, you know, I get seasick, so I try and stay away from it myself. There you go. Um, but yes, no, I was just telling Seth about uh, so it was a, it was a, it was actually a very busy, exhausting, but very cool week for me. It was one of those weeks that was so good you start to question when the other shoe was going to drop, or you know what I mean? It's like you start yeah. to think all this good stuff is happening. When does the bad stuff start happening? But yeah, so last Sunday, um, well, about two weeks ago, Summerfest started. Everyone called not E3, which is when all the video game companies were announcing all their new games for the for the coming year uh, in separate live streams. And on Sunday, that's what it was. It was not E3. That's a whole other issue. We're not going to get into it. But anyway, on Sunday, um, Xbox Studios did their stream, and they finally, after a long time, I won't say how long, but after a long time, they finally announced the video game that I've been writing with a very talented narrative team. Uh, for an Exile Entertainment, one of Microsoft's, uh, Xbox's uh, first-party studios. They finally announced the game and, and debuted the uh, world premiere of the trailer. So Clockwork Revolution is the game. Uh, it was got a great reaction. We headlined the stream, or like it was kind of kind of a big deal. We headlined the whole stream. Like, I know, so, I watched yeah, the was, whole thing because you texted you me did. about it. I did. You were one of the few people that I texted ahead of time to let them know that that was, that was happening. Um, I didn't give Super you any exciting. details that violated an NDA. Thank no, you. No, so. yes, at all. So, Nothing at all. I just told you you should watch the stream. But yeah, so Clockwork Revolution headlined, uh, killed, got great reactions. It was trending all day alongside Bioshock, uh, which is not a bad thing. I'm perfectly happy with that comparison. True. And then two days after that, Savage Crowns came out, which is the last book in my Savage Rebellion trilogy. So we closed out on that. And uh, I did a bunch of we to there. Murr has. She's holding up the book as we speak. She has it because Murr 
as she always does, she did a live stream on release day and did a launch, uh, did a launch uh, stream, which was great. I gave away a bunch of books, which I will be mailing out to the people who won them, by the way, very soon, I promise. And thank you everybody for emailing me who won. And did a bunch of other events after that. I did one with Kate Elliott, which was like a huge deal for me That's because right. I'm, a, I'm a die, die in the wool, longtime Kate Elliott fan. She's like a legend to me. We're like kind of friends. We're not kind of friends now. Kate would be very fine if I said we're friends now. It's just very weird for me to be friends with Kate Elliott because it was she was like a really big deal to me growing up. Mm -hmm. So we did. She did an event with me that was amazing, and then a bunch of other cool stuff happened that I can't really even talk about yet. But yeah, it was a very eventful week, and I just want to thank everybody for their support on everything on the game announcement and the book out. And I want to thank Humor for always helping me out with things. And I just want to thank Seth for being excited about everything when I told him about it 15 minutes ago. I'm just happy, and I want to thank him. <laughs> Thanks. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You know, authors like right, rightfully complain about how long it takes for books to come out. Well, think about games. I mean, it's just oh, like, yeah. oh yeah, it's it's chaos. It's decades. Well, something like that. It can be. It absolutely can. It absolutely can be, Seth. You know, the, we won't talk about Kickstarters that have been going on forever or anything because it's not that show. But yeah, no, it absolutely can be a long time. So yeah. yeah. But yeah, but it's more. But the thing is, it, at least in my case, I'm not speaking for any for anybody else, but. Seeing that trailer drop and seeing all the reactions to it, it's worth it. It's worth the it's worth the development process, and the game is going to be worth it when I actually get to play the whole thing. I will be very proud of that. So it does take a long time, but all these things ultimately are worth it. They're worth the fact that you finished it, that you completed it. It's an amazing accomplishment in itself, whether it's a book, whether it's a video game, and uh, yeah, it's it's worth doing, and it's worth finally you know when you finally see the the fruits of your labor. So that's fantastic. Yeah. But anyway, Mur, I do. I mean, forget forget about me. Like you know. <laughs> Well, I don't I don't have any exciting uh, news or anything. I've been working behind the scenes on some stuff. Some of the stuff I've sent to Seth, some of the stuff I haven't yet. Um, that's pretty much just it. I've been trying to come up with a good workflow because I'm now doing transcriptions for all three of my podcasts. And I'm doing annotated transcriptions for two of them for um, the sub supporters in Substack and Patreon. And... Um, that's taking time and it's important. Love, it. love to hear, love to hear all the time getting taken <laughs> and, and not book writing. Perfect. <laughs> that's what, exactly what your agent. That's what we brought you on here to, to, At the to same make time, you feel it's good. You're building, you're, it's okay. You're connecting with your, you know, your audience and you're giving, look at all the, just so everyone knows this hard work is real hard work that stops, you know, it's like part of the other side of the job, right? Connecting with fans is really important. Connecting with your your community is really important. So please don't think I'm poo-pooing that. It's just <laughs> I know the challenge is the challenge is real. You know. Yes. Yes. Well, no, I, that was I, that was an amazing agent response. I loved it. That mm -hmm. was a great moment. Just, that was some that was real shit. Shit got real in that moment. It did. And I like it. It really did. To be fair, I yeah. did read something just recently, so I feel actually quite satiated. You know, it's like I know she's feeding me, so it's okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I have something completely different to send you shortly. So. Hopefully that'll uh, be entertaining. But uh, yeah, we, we did the Father's Day thing this weekend and uh, went to a baseball game last night. So that was our excitement. Um, but yeah, what about you, Seth? What can you tell us what you've been up to for the week? Yeah, uh, well, there's a lot of school ending at Father's Day kind of stuff going on as well. Um, Happy belated, by the way. Yes. And to, and to Jimothy as well, Mark. I'll we were on a little you. we were on a little duffy boat you know or actually we, we upgraded to a pontoon so that was quite nice for father's day but nice. uh yeah work is interesting because this is um 
This is, I'm heading to uh, like a family vacation on Friday. So trying to wrap things up while also, you know, things start to slow down in some way, shape or form in the summer. So it's trying to get a lot of reading done and get things lined up as to when you can send things out and whatnot. But um, so it's been weird. I have a lot of clients deciding to give me stuff and it's been great, but it's just a lot of, it's just a lot of reading and stuff before I go on a vacation where I, I want to read for funsies and for worksies. Um, And those two things can combine, but you know, every once in a while you just want to give yourself a, I'm allowed to not bring my Kindle because that's where I read on my manuscripts mostly. Um, But I'm happy to say I did (laughs) sell, I sold the client's book who we, we've, we've gone through three different manuscripts trying to find something that we could sell. And um, he's a great author and I don't know why we couldn't land the first two. Um, not in the SFF space and we and we had a mini auction on this one and we sold it and it was just sort of the you know the thing you live for as an agent is the real gratefulness uh you know in the in the author's voice and I was like grateful as well because I was sure I was going to lose him you know you can't sell you can't sell him you can't you know why would you stay with someone but but uh it worked out and very excited about it so so it was good last week it was good last week good week to come nice congratulations man that's awesome Thank you. And as for, I mean, why would you keep someone who couldn't sell your book? I guess you'd look at it like it's one book and it might actually be bad. So <laughs> you got to move on to the next one. Well, you know, I think I think you're right. But I think the most common time that there is a separation is not is not actually conflict based. It's probably more around not being able to sell a book or being or having a book turn in that the, the agent doesn't feel they can sell, which is slightly different. You know, I I. I don't. I don't think this is good enough yet to go out and an author mm-hmm. deciding that they 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 really want that agent too, and so they go somewhere else, and that makes sense. So you know, it makes sense. It's just one of those. It's one of those moments where there's a chance something like that might happen. Right. You know. Well, I'm glad it. Worked it all out. worked out. Yeah. Yeah. It all worked out. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm very happy. Um. So one thing I've I've always been interested in, and this is just me being nosy, Seth, is uh, you're also a children's book author. And uh, yeah. we'll have uh, links to your books in the show notes. And um, if you do exclamation point guest in the chat, you'll see, you'll get a link. Um, so what is it like being an author and an agent at the same time? Is it like it, lawyers don't represent themselves in court, so agents don't represent themselves in publishing? How does that work? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't rep myself. I have a, a an agent who I've been with for a long time named Kirby Kim. He's at Chanclo Nesbitt. And most of the time, I think agents rep outside of their agency. Uh, I mean, if they're, or if they're rep by someone that one of my colleagues has a book and he, she's rep by our agency. So I, we we're starting to change that, but I wanted to be a writer forever. I mean, sort of same path as y'all. My, my first thing I ever was ever had published was, um, in a pamphlet called minus truth evening star, um, or Minas Tirith <laughs> about Gandalf going to the movies back before the movie came out. Um, so like, you know, I was always in the space, but, um, the, I, I bring that up because I went to an MFA program. I, so I know that world very well. I, um, I got an agent for the same agent for an adult speculative novel that came close, but didn't sell. I then sold two YA books on a, on a, on proposals. So I know what it's like to sell on a proposal. I know what it's like to have YA books to go on tour. I know what it's like to have those books 
be on end caps and get like a lot of big blurbs and then not sell and then go out of print. I know what it's like to go into, you know, uh, bookstores and, and not be able to find your books. And then I know what it's like to do picture books and then have a lot of them and have a book a year and have one of them do really, really well and sell in a lot of countries and other ones do less. So I, I, I feel like I know a lot of what uh, author experiences. And I think that that for me is good in terms of being able to, you know, empathize and really understand the differences and also to, you know, speak towards, especially this kind of conversation that we're having here, you know, not between y'all two necessarily, but, but to, between listeners, there's a lot of questions always about, you know, why you write or what you're looking for. And a lot of times I hear something which makes a lot of sense, which is, you know, I just sort of want to get that book into the bookstore um, and feel that, that, that measure of success. And, and, and it has to in some ways be more than that. Like, are you okay with that book then going out of print and you going into the store and not being able to find it, and <laughs> so, you know, and that's a thing that people do not think about. And, and mind you, I'm a pretty positive guy when it comes to, to, to being able to, to, to good writing working. So I'm, it's not like I'm anti that stuff, but uh, me knowing my way around it has me thinking about all the different ways that I, that I and, and authors can, can work. So that's why, you know, I wrote adult stuff, but then I did YA and then I do picture books. Well, a lot of my clients write into different spaces and I rep into those different spaces, not as a casual thing, but as something that I think is an important part of my job. And so I know that I, unlike many other agents rep tons of different stuff um, because of that, because I want my creatives to be able to do whatever they want to do and to feel confident with the representation into that space. Um, at the same time, you know what, I have a pretty successful picture book series running and I am going to, after this next one, I'm going to probably stop doing picture books so that I can go back to adult, which I haven't done in 10, 12 years and, and need the motivation to sort of get around to doing, because it's pretty easy to do a picture book. Even if you don't think it is, it's 500 words in a year as opposed to 90,000 words in a year, you know, you can definitely get it done. And um, so uh, that's babbling a bit, but I, you know, it's a, it is a unique perspective. When I was doing the adult stuff to get a little bit dirtier, uh, when I was doing the adult stuff, that was when it was the closest to anything that felt like a conflict of interest, which was more along the lines of, like I knew the editors more, or rather I interacted with them a lot more. I knew the publicity opportunities a lot more occasionally there would be times when a book of mine and a book of a client's would be coming out at the same time or submissions or, you know, whatever is that kind of thing. And, and, uh, and it was never a comp like I, it was never a competition. I would always make things go through my agent and like let the, you know, hands off on it, but you're aware of it. So there is like something to be said there, but I'm really honest and open with my clients and they all know it. And, uh, no one has, no one's ever left me for, for being a writer that I know of. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> But it's a, yeah, it's an it's an interesting. I think it's a value add as opposed to a detract. Mm-hmm. That's how you pronounce the word detract. Yeah, well, no, I was gonna move. I was gonna run with it. No problem. It's also yeah. Mer's. Uh, it's also Mer's DJ name. I don't know if you knew that or not. Um, detract. Yeah, detract. Okay. She has fun, but she's trying to get back to it. I like it. No, you know what's really it's what's really interesting to me about about. I mean, there was a lot of things that occurred to me while you were talking to some, but I it didn't even occur to me that like that would be a detractor for someone considering an agent because that the fact that you're also a writer, like when you said it, I'm like, Oh yeah, I could totally see how that would be a thing. And I think maybe we could see how authors would, would worry about that. But for me, 
I love the fact that you understand that side of things as an agent. You know, one of the things I really love about uh, my current agent is they worked as an acquisition. They worked in acquisitions as an editor for a publisher. They've also worked extensively as a bookseller and understand that side of it, which is, if anything, is even more important to me. More and important. I love, totally. yeah, totally more important. She really understands like what booksellers look for, what they want, what works for them, what doesn't work for them. And she brings all of that to, to what we do. And I, I love. I always have looked for an agent that had those perspectives to bring to things because it's so important to understand. And there are so many facets to this to this industry and this business uh, to understand the author's perspective, the publisher's perspective, the bookseller's perspective, the audience's perspective. And I personally think it's a total bonus to have an agent who sees all of those different sides of things and has experienced them firsthand and can bring them to them. So I completely agree with you personally that it's 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 a bonus. It's not you know a subtraction or a detract well, as we just said. And, and thanks for saying that. I mean, one of the things I think the biggest concern people tend to have is is rightfully so is like if you succeed, would you leave kind of thing. Right. Um, and and I guess I get that question, but it's not a concern. Um, <laughs> but uh, but. The thing that I think is uh, the other examples of bonuses and some of my favorite stuff I didn't really go into about like say last week or whatnot is that, you know, the traditional publishing stuff is, is I've been doing this for 17 years. It does. It's not that it doesn't change. It changes a lot, but that's sort of the, the, e the easy stuff now um, either it works or it doesn't, we know our way around it. And, you know, we fight the fight, however you want to fight the fight, but as the market and as everything constricts in various ways and, you, you know, there's merging and, and people want to be, do more big books and less throw at the wall books and stuff like that. Um, you have to find ways for your clients, especially the prolific ones, especially the ones with, you know, books that are sort of, you know, performing, but not enough to someone to quit their job or whatnot. You have to find other ways for people to make money or to ex uh -huh. expand their world. And I love doing that stuff. And sometimes I do that stuff myself first as an experiment. Like I've done, I've run a Kickstarter for myself back with one of my books. That was a real experiment um, to, to be able to know how much work it took to do, to see what kind of money you could make and see what direct to consumer, you know, interactions along those lines work, uh, look like. And, and to that end, I've like started doing a lot of stuff in that space for clients as well. Um, and you know, now the things I'm really interested in are audio originals. I've been interested in novellas forever. I think that, uh, publishers are doing like a really bad job except for probably tour.com, um, uh, in terms of novellas. And I think, and I actually, when I say that, I probably mean even just like literary publishing more than SFF. Uh, but I think there's a lot of space for other stuff that people create. And that's what we're here on a podcast right now. You know, and I, and like our agency has a podcast agent. We're one of the few small ones. I'm not trying to pitch my agency, but it's interesting because I, that was part of the RLA office, which I run. And that's part of my desire to bring in other avenues of ways that either our clients can think of things or, or, or sort of expand the opportunities that, that might exist. And it's not always easy. It doesn't always work that way. But it used to be when I was like a young agent, it was like, okay, we can place your short story. Well, now, like, let's think about totally different ways of, of doing things, um, you know, from what like direct to consumer to audio originals to what can help in all these different ways. And that publishers tend to go kicking and screaming and we just have to pretend they don't exist while, while we move forward. So I find that to be really... <laughs> really fun and as a, as a writer yourself you can you can sort of do some of those things yourself or try to and learn about them without experimenting on a client if that makes sense 
Right. No, absolutely. That's that's a very interesting way to look at it. And hey, look, we we preach the gospel of freelance on this podcast. And one of the major tenets is always, you know, you needed you needed very few exceptions. You need to develop multiple revenue streams. You need to have as many irons in the fire as possible. So I love that you're looking for alternate avenues for your clients and alternate ways to to make money doing this in this industry because we authors 100% need that. That's that's really cool. My goal from this is to have the, the uh, e- an email from Murr right afterwards being like, hey, we never talked about this, like on no. all these different things, you know, let's go and show, which is, which is what I want. <laughs> no, this sure. This is all there very is, big, listen. big mind game for me. I see. I see. Was not prepared for the mind game. Just a big... St- that's why just I'm a big sigh up by Seth. Just a big mm-hmm. sigh up by Seth. I love that. No, hey, there's always more to explain about Murr. That's one of the basics <laughs> of, our, of, the basis of our friendships. Is, yeah, absolutely. So I totally think you guys should get to work on that. Yeah. Um, uh, we do have a question yeah, from fun. chat. We have, yes. um, can you talk about working with an illustrator for picture books? I heard picture books take five years-ish from writing to publication. Yeah, so I'm going to say one thing. Uh, the The... I love this question. It's a great question. It's a common question. And then the last part of it I find is is something that is a generalized outside of the picture book realm, which I find really, really interesting is is the the gossip mill. I, I think that um, I just want to say as a you know, side note, to, just to speak to that in general, is it feels like writers are sort of like, I don't know, it's like you're reading a lot of um, parenting books, you know, where there's a lot of good advice in there, but you know, each book is your own or each well, I, I don't know there's a lot of different things that point you in different directions they're not usually bad but they're all su- sometimes surprisingly off a little bit like five years is is not right two years to three years is right and that's but that's sort of not too bad right so it's it is interesting there's nothing there's there's not untruths to that but it I always find it fascinating I always want to know like where has this happened though I used to do that again myself as a writer like where we'd be like oh if we sold my book for a hundred thousand dollars I would give the publisher 25,000 of that to use in marketing which no one actually does ever but I think people <laughs> talk about that way a lot my um, god so oh. to answer your question it's a great question um for those of you who don't know picture books are written in a script um and they have a very specific way they're supposed to be written there are exceptions to the rules but basically if you type in uh, like a picture book dummy into google you'll see lots of really wonderful um website resources that give you images of how to create the dummy even if, if you're an illustrator yes but even if you're a writer it'll let you write it in um they're usually about 32 pages of which four of those have you know copyright and title and whatever so it's something like 28 pages about um in about 500 words so most of the pitching is you're correct is done to people with just the script um and then you sell that you find an agent with just the script and then you sell it to a publisher and then the publisher says yay and they make a deal with you and then they go off and they try and find an illustrator that 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 matches to this process and they pay that illustrator um annoyingly that illustrator is kept at arm's length from you which i find insane um you Hmm. can yeah the frown on y'all's faces is is true you 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 don't you don't communicate with them most of the time you communicate through the editor um unless you're sneaky which i think most people are but still you know and um and in your script you have art direction and you can uh make comments on the art that's in that substantial comments uh but in general they keep them apart and there's one probably the that's a rule that's been created around the 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 biggest possible exceptions, which would be say, I'm a nobody. I sell my picture book for $5,000 to a good press. They love it. 
and they bring in a huge value add, Oliver Jeffers as the artist. They want to take it to the next level. So this is the real advantage of that is that they can go and spend as much money as they want, as they feel to bring in a big illustrator to help make the book big. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that unknown, you know, like a non-value add name uh, illustrator won't be good, right? Or good for the art or make that book work, right? Things break out all the time, but they can choose to do that. And you can also imagine that Oliver Jeffers is less interested, even though this stinks to say, uh, in your notes than say someone else's because they're, a, you know, he's a bigger name person, right? Um, so you can imagine some of that, but in general, I find it, I found it to be really frustrating. Um, and I actually, I think the best move as an agent is to actually have um, an illustrator attached, but that's also really hard to do. Like you have that, it's you have to have someone that like wants to be doing it. You have to have someone who so then so it's not like a work for hire, but someone who wants to be doing it. That you already have a split worked out. Who's a value add themselves? A lot of times when people submit things with uh, illustrators attached, the art's just not good enough, um, or the writing's not good enough. But the positive of it is, say the art and the illustrating is good enough. Then when you submit it, some editors are going to pass because of the writing. Some are going to pass because of the art because they're human, but the ones who like the art and the illustration together will be more excited about the book in theory than they would be about just the the script. And you will probably make more money off of it. Um, I, my first picture book had an artist attached and she did four, four books with me. And um, these are long winded answers. Are these too long for you guys? Or is this like, no. okay, I don't want to. No, you're um, rolling, man. Don't, don't yeah, break your own right. momentum. Go for it. Yeah. So, so, so that's, that's sort of the answer to that in terms of like, the turnaround time, yeah, it takes a long time and it's sort of silly uh, in terms of the amount of work you put in. But l let's say you sell a book to tomorrow um, uh, that's a picture book. Then you're going to take – and say that the edits are like normal. So say it takes two months to edit it. Um, uh, and it could, be, it could be much less than that. Uh, two months to edit it. And in that pro you know, in that time period, they, they can start looking for a, an author. The reason why it could take five years – I mean an illustrator, sorry – is that sometimes – you, you create a list and you only go to one person at once and sometimes you go it can take it could take a a while to find an illustrator and then it, or, or or you can find someone and then they have to drop for some reason or you have problems with their art and you have to drop them so there are reasons why the things can take longer but in a, in a normalized environment it'll take two months to find an illustrator so that's four months in and then it'll take that uh, illustrator um, about a year to do the art give or take and then it will take another year to publish it right so that is a long time you know we're talking about it's two and a half years right there um and that's on a normal so there's much faster versions and there's slower versions um you know um like with me having an artist attached wherever it'll pop it out a, you know a year later um uh, and then have a book a year going because you're on a rotating cycle but it was true that i would write a manuscript turn it in have it sold and then another one and another one uh, before, like I could be, I could have, you know, many of them done. Uh, so it is a sit and wait, but five years is only like the extreme circumstances of things not working. But I, right. I said a lot there because I know that's not the area people know the most about. So, mm -hmm. yeah. No, I mean, it, dude, you hit the nail on the head. Like you're worried about giving long-winded answers. The whole reason we started this podcast is like, no one explains this shit to people, or at least yeah. it doesn't happen nearly often enough. Like people want to know like i want to like i want to do a picture book but i don't know anything about the industry i have a great idea i have a great passion i'm a good writer like but how do i do it like nobody explains these things so i think that, that everything you just said i think is gold for people interested in well in thanks thanks for that and to say to sit to let people know like i was embarrassed when i wrote my first one because i feel like everyone thinks that they can write a picture book mm -hmm. and they right. try it and it's and it's hard the thing is it's when i said it wasn't hard 
I don't think in terms of the brute effort of writing it, like you can write a draft in a weekend if you want 500 words, right? Mm. Um, it, the challenge that I find with picture books is, is the stories often repetition mm. or a lot of it's like, Oh, I told my kids something and they like it. Well, yeah, your kid does like that and it's fair, but oftentimes it doesn't mean that it's like good enough to be written into the script. Just like good writing is good writing. Right. Um, and then there's other things like, yeah, no, love I, every genre and, is different. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say editors don't like rhyming most of the time. There's lots of exceptions to that rules, but most of the time actually they don't. So that's a weird challenge, but that's what everyone goes to do. So, and then they don't follow that 30, that 36, 32 page rule. So there's a lot of stuff that like creates these barriers in picture books. So I would just say the biggest thing to do is to go research and see what's out there, go to your Barnes and Noble and remember then with picture books, the spine's much thinner. So if you're facing spine out, if you're a book that's facing spine out, you're you're in trouble. Like it's hard. So you have to be one of the very few that get outward facing. And a place like Barnes and Noble, which has changed their way that they're doing it, which is all yeah. about what what of the month it is, uh, you know, good issues like wellness or or you know diversity or whatnot, which is great. This is all good. But these are the things that they're facing that 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 they'll give focus to, and then then it's like big bestsellers of the past, right? So when they say kids books are up what they really tend to mean a lot of times is classics are doing really really well <laughs> you know um as opposed to lots of new people are doing stuff yeah i still want to stab somebody every time i see uh a tolkien book on the new releases uh shelf just because they put out a new right. cover <laughs> i'm like do you know right, how many you know. authors should be there except besides that but uh yeah. anyway uh one question. Everyone knows a book has to be polished and good before it's submitted, but what are the sorts of je ne sais quoi elements that elevate a story from good to must buy? And I'm going to put a little addendum on that. What do you, do you recommend people pay for their own editing before they submit, you know, like on your end? Because I know a lot of people worry about submitting a rough draft to an agent and be being put down for that. So, you know, answer Valerie's question first and then my addendum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks for that question. Um, so it sounds like you, I mean, you have your, you, you have it sort of figured, right? You want it to be good and ready to go. Um, the question, the, the je ne sais quoi, like that's that therein lies the, 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 I like this book. I don't like this book, my own personal take. I think it's, I have been doing this long enough that I can say with a, big degree of accuracy whether i'll like a book on the first page just because of like you can tell very quickly on the first page like the confidence you can tell the writing ability you can tell this like parts of the story or whatnot but that's not like that's not all of it and i think that's one of the reasons why fantasy is one of the harder things to rep is because it's the hardest thing to give buy into because you have to give more time and space to a fantasy novel than any other genre sci-fi included in order to um be able to to know what's going on and to get yourself settled settled in and the problem of course is also very long um but in general you know the fl i don't think flashiness or any of that stuff is that's never my take on things it's it, it, I, I can just tell so easily if something is is good and i think that you can too if something that you're really it doesn't have to be like the the, the quick catch in it, it's really to me it's about the assuredness of the of the writing just knowing that i'll feel con like confident continuing on i don't need to have someone be shot in the head in the very first line you know i i just need to know that 
I know that they know how to shoot someone in the head <laughs> well, um, you know, when I'm <laughs> when I'm reading. And that's sort of what I feel. And I know that seems like nebulous, but that's exactly what you're asking. Like, what is that thing? It's not anything flashy. It really is about the basics. And then you ask the question, which is a great, great question about paying for an editor. Some people pay for editors. I think most people who do that are people who aren't writers. Therefore, that's nonfiction. We're paying for editors to write things, you know, people who are platformed and whatnot. Um, if you have a really great idea that you just are not a good enough writer for and you want to like have and you're trying and you want to do it and you want to have an editor come in on it, that can make some sense. But, you know, that costs a lot of money. And I don't think you should do that. I think that you should be a good enough writer to get your agent because that's what you're going to need to be anyways. And in order to do, and, and that's OK, like it's OK to. This is the stuff that people don't love to hear. It's okay to not succeed at, at writing and it's okay to, to put a book in a drawer and it's okay to get better. We all know that it's like, I have four books in a drawer. Like I never got that adult thing done, right? A lot of people have books in drawers and you just have to move on at some point if it doesn't work. Um, but I think that the, the sort of the, the real answer to that question is you need to have a support system. You need to have your, 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 your book group, your people who can help edit with you and that you don't pay, but y'all are working with each other um, in order to make things you know, better, but you they also have to trust their, their advice. Um, an editor, I mean, agents, we're going to edit your book before we go out with it. An editor is going to edit your book. A copy editor is going to edit your book. You're going to have tons of editing along the lines. It's okay to get an editor to do it, but it's the same thing as when we say, like, when you sub, like for a magazine, you, you should submit to be published in the magazine, not submit $50 to try and win whatever magazine's prize. It's the same thing. You should be good enough to be able to be in there because you need to be good enough to do that to be able to succeed anyway. So let's strive to, to get to that level. And if your book you're feeling is not there and people are saying that, then you need to be able to try and edit it to that place, have people give you that editorial notes, or you need to put it in a drawer and start a new one. And that's okay. It's okay to do that. We all have to do that. And it's a hard process, but that's that's the way it goes because it's you don't want to have a you don't want to have a deal and a book come out and then you have your next one and it's like not as strong and you're left here directly into this other place because you haven't learned the tools that you need to be the most confident writer you can be. Does that make sense? I think it's a little harsh, but that's the way I really believe in it, that you, you got to be good enough anyways. Like you want to be good enough. That's your goal. Like, right. So that's my take. No, we're, we're about the harshness here. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> last week was, was pretty harsh. Um, overall. I think that should be the new tagline, honestly, ditch diggers. We're all about the harshness. We're here. all about the harshness. <laughs> I will write that one down. I'm taking notes new now. Oh, new t-shirt. We haven't had a t-shirt in a oh, wow. long time. It's been a while. Yeah, we can. We I want a t-shirt. Yeah. Oh, Seth wants a t-shirt, so we have to make a It's All About the Harshness t-shirt. Yes. Sure. I want the kind of shirt that, like, you know, I can wear under a sports coat to a con, so I look professional, but also <laughs> oh. silly. You know, you know, not silly, but, like, you okay. know, playful, interactive. What kind, you of, know. What kind of color? Does that have? Because it's not like you don't want a white T-shirt, do you? Well, an example, a good one I had was a for like a Comic Con. I would go and and have like the um you know the Good Night Moon shirt, but it's but instead it's the Death Star and someone's saying that's no moon, you know, and that so that's green with mm -hmm. like the Good Night Moon, you know. So that's an example of a of one I might have uh, nice. at a con, you know, and then all a right. sports coat over. All right, all right. Well, we'll we'll get all of our our, our team of <laughs> graphic designers on it to, yeah. to make get a on good. It. <laughs> Good ditch to your shirt that's good enough for you to wear to a con. Um, is it true that it's become harder to sell debut books that aren't pretty much ready to publish, as opposed to having strong editorial guidance and mentorship? Okay, 
that seems contradictory for me to say the answer is yes there probably but i think that it's more of a it's more of a um uh, i'm thinking of the wrong word here it, it's more of a the way the industry is right now where editors are just they just have a they're just too busy there's just not enough people working in publishing so it's harder for agents to do to sell books is really what we're saying um there's a number of times that we're like wait you're passing because of this you don't want to put that like work into it or whatever but you know what the people pass for all sorts of reasons we get the books into pretty great shape uh before we send them out and i mean we try to um and if an editor is passing for those reasons they're what they're really probably saying is more along the lines of developing of an author versus at like editing an author um and that is true it's not that its debuts are harder it's that the mid list and the small books that people take risk on are harder for people to do if you think about a place like tor which used to have these old editors who would buy things for five thousand dollars and do nothing with them but then sometimes those books would end up working out um or develop an author to a way that they could then publish somewhere else but they had a you know following like that those days are those days are sort of gone um there's very few places that do that now orbit pays less money because they're orbit um uh you know but they don't really they still want the bigger more successful push on things and um places like del rey like they want they want big books only right and i've heard that out of the lips of editors in other places right so um it's more it's it's less about it's less about an, a book being ready to publish it's more like is this a book that we're gonna be able to build a career off of because that's the contracted industry in the big five spot in my in my mind yeah and the follow-up question to that is how do you keep from day drinking yourself into liver failure at the state of the industry <laughs> Me or them? Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know, actually. Uh, Valerie, if you're still around, can you clarify whether you're talking about well, you listen, as in Seth or you as in one? There's a, lot, there's, a, there's a lot of frustrating things going on, uh, but there's, you know, there, there always is. Um, and, um, you know, I, I feel it and I fear for it. And there, and there's some, and there are some big problems that are probably not even worth bringing up here, but I tend to be the optimist in that, you know, good writing is going to succeed and it, and it succeeds in interesting ways. Like I, I rep represent um, Ray Naylor, The Mountain and the Sea, and I really love that book. And we sold it to MCD, which is, you know, Jeff Vandermeer's publisher, River Solomon's publisher, but it's not necessarily like, you know, it's not tour, right? Um, and they had a really beautiful package that I thought was a little risky, but it came out and it, it got a really great word of mouth, but it didn't. They, they, I was so frustrated at their at the of the publicist part because I just thought that it like wasn't pushed the way it should have been. It, the, the publication was a little soft, and it was. But you know, to their credit, um, they really pushed and they kept pushing and they gave faith to it because the book was good and and then it was up for a lot of awards. Uh, uh, and 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 the thing is, if you go to Barnes and Noble right now, it has its own table because it's a speculative pick of the of the month. Or the summer, I kind of get confused. But you know, I also wasn't sure. Do those things push? Do these things actually push copies the way I would love them to? But it has its own table. It's been selling really, really, really well, and that's a paperback. So you know, I—that's me having faith in a book that I really believed in, and just we push on it and we try it, and you know, hopefully it works in the long tail. And then you know, my goal is to just be able to sell the next book for more money, right? Is and and then to do all these other mm -hmm. ancillary things, um, and. 
So, you know, yes, only like TikTok and Reese Witherspoon sells books now, but um, but that's <laughs> also, but that's also not true, right? And right. And, where, and what does this all this stuff lead to? Like the rise of lit RPG as a as like a and cozy fantasy as like they came out of the self-publishing world because they weren't working in traditional publishing and I'm into it now I love it it's interesting people but the publishers are like what is this let's do something with it I don't know um, but they but they're bumping up against like the money that they're trying to that these authors are making versus you know you know some not everything is going to be a legends and lattes and some things are going to be other things right but I I find that fascinating and interesting and so part of the the failures of traditional publishing help grow your successes so uh, you know thank you for that i guess but i i also i think that i think that it, it really comes down to like the the writing that we need is out there and um and we'll, and 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 if you're good and you then you'll be and you'll be able and you you know work hard enough to get to those fan base then then you'll find a, that audience in some way shape or form um and so i'm not yeah i'm not too worried about the industry in, in general books will still be published and i'm happy about it um you might have just already answered this, but a question just came in. We talk about how screwed the industry is. I'm wondering, does anyone see a way through? Does it ever get better? Yeah, well, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I uh, I think that it is, uh, there's been some big mistakes. Covered in, that, so I yeah, like, I, cover, yeah. I, cover, I cover a lot of that. Okay, there, there, I'm just making sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I could go maybe on you want to expand it. on it. You want to expand on it, please do. But I just feel, it's yeah. okay. It goes into different directions, so it's yeah. it's all good. We're not. We're, hey, good writers. Uh, you know, we still want to read your books and sell them. You know, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so what? 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 One thing that's uh, I've experienced during my career is. Um, for a variety of reasons, having many different agents, and I still am surprised when I hear that people have, they just assume that agent is this monolithic thing that, you know, when when you get an agent, you, X, Y, and Z is going to always happen, and they realize that agents are people, and you, some agents may not want to give you their phone number for you to text them, uh, for just an example. Um, so what... When people are, are interviewing agents, besides how well do you think you can sell my book, what else should they be asking when they're interviewing agents? Because I keep trying to tell people, remember, you're interviewing them just like they're interviewing you. Yeah, and you're, I mean, you know, it, it makes sense that the power dynamic is different at first, right? You want that agent so badly. Yeah. And even though they're hiring, to, they're, they're applying to work for you, um, you know, to your small business. Um, but you know, to, it's, it's clear that that's not the way unless the agent is desperate to get you right. Or there's a competition for you or, or you're established in one way, shape or form. Um, but it doesn't mean that you don't still thoroughly vet your agent. And so that means you should be looking at the contract. You should be, you know, the representation agreement, you should be asking, you know, any questions you want. And the main things that you want to be asking, um, are editorial questions because you want to know if this, you know, how this person acts editorially. You want to ask about ancillary rights. How do they handle film and TV? How do they handle uh, foreign rights? Um, you want to ask how they interact with with you throughout the process beyond submission. Like uh, 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 that's publicity. That's book covers. That's um, how often they want to be connected with. And that's a big one. Is you know. I have just started doing a little bit more phone exchange oriented things and, and find myself really sort of disliking it. Um, 
because it works really well during say an auction or something where you can get quick updates and you can speak to it. But then when a text comes across asking me for something, I don't, that's not where I like store my memory. Like it's not in a text is the least good thing for me. Yeah. And my like ADD brain needs uh, like a unread email that I can then transfer over to like a to do list. Right. Um, so it's not, sometimes it's not about boundaries. Sometimes it's about like the most effective means of communication. A lot of people ask about communication. I'm, I have a problem in that I value response time over depth of response. And Mur, I'm curious to know what you think, but you don't have to say it out loud. Um, but I've had, I, I didn't realize that this was actually a problem until one day I was at Comic-Con, I was speaking with, um, who was it? It was Sylvain Nouvelle and someone else who, who I repped, uh, who was it, Samuel, someone else. And they were having like, they were joking about how, who had gotten the least, the shortest like email from me. And Suvan won because he's received emails from me that like only, like I only, I answer questions in the subject line. But you know, what I wanna, what I know is my value is, is that I'm read and heard and like acknowledged. And if there's something longer that needs a phone call or, or whatnot, then I will certainly put that in there but I also know that sometimes I, I don't give as in-depth or I'm like uh, flashing a response that's not answering the question. So, so, so what I would need in that situation is just someone to come back to me and be like, can we like get a little bit more out of you here? But that's not trying to down on me. It's just the, it's the, it's the way that that's back to the humanity side of it. We have good days. We have bad days. We have busy days. We have this days. We're traveling days. And so sometimes, uh, you know, and, and agents do things totally different. Um, younger agents versus older agents, uh, rookie agents versus, you know, established agents. And then, you know, like, and by the way, go for a rookie agent. My first book I sold was a really big success and I feel great about it. And that, I mean, I was so lucky that that happened. Um, but one of the things I would make sure is that when you submit to an agent, you are, they're at an agency that can still support that agent, right? You, you're the, as, mm -hmm. as wise as the agency around it. Yeah. We but just had Arlie on Sorg. We just had Arlie Sorg on, uh, interview. So yeah. he just, he's really new agent. So we covered a lot of that. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say for anyone wanting to know about query lesser questions, you can type my name into YouTube and you can find like an hour long query. <laughs> thing but, uh, but, but all that's to say, I have a lot of thoughts along those lines. And the short of it is, is that it's okay to ask the questions and never ever submit exclusively to one, uh, agent you know, go multiple, it's fine. Um, you don't even have to tell them you're doing multiple until you have uh, interest. Um, if anyone, uh, I, I mean, you know, people should want to work with you and uh, just make sure you give them time. Don't never jump, never ever jump at an agent. That's the biggest problem that people have um, after that yeah. is, is they'll just jump at an agent. The number of times that I'm like, someone tells me, oh, other, so they, I've received full interest and I'm like, okay. And then I bump it up to the top and Hey, I have a client thing. I need to finish this today, but I'll get to this tomorrow. And then they're like, Oh, we signed this. And I had, and I, I was told I had a week and a half. Um, yeah. that is frustrating because I'm, you know, every agent thinks they're the best agent in the world. So I was a better <laughs> agent than whoever they signed with. And yeah. I could have maybe done better. You know, it's like, you want to be your own business. You want to, you want that competition to make you put you in a better spot. Yeah, as for your, your uh, response time, it's always astonished me. Um, I did have a problem with the previous agent of no responses. Like a book went many months without even acknowledging it was received. Um, and that was a big problem. And so I've always been pleasantly surprised. But as I told you earlier this week, um, I, you sent me a response and then I wrote back to you and then I didn't hear anything like three days past that I, I was nice. I said, look, for anybody else, 
this would not be a problem, but I'm worried you fell in a hole or something because you always answer back so quickly. And what's so great about that, yeah, is that that was speaking to our relationship. You're usually respond quickly. You know, so my set of expectations are of a certain way. I just want to make sure all is good. And then my response was, you had actually asked a question that demanded some thoughtfulness around it. And so I was thinking around it. And then I actually, though, because you nudged me, I'm pretty sure I didn't give you as thoughtful of a response as I could have because I then was like, oh, I better get a response in there. And that's the funny thing about the back and forth, which you so basically every agent's going to every person's going to establish their own thing, just like you're going to establish your own thing. Um, and and you got to just remember that like an agent is a relationship. It's probably the most important relationship in the business when it comes down to everyone else's transiency, um, you know, finding a good agent, you can have that person forever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I did appreciate the the answer. It was it did help. So good. <laughs> um, good. Let's see, so Matt. We... Do you have anything you wanted to bring up? Um, I do, but unfortunately, like we're coming up on the hour yeah. here, and I sadly we're going to talk a lot. Start... No, no. The inform the information was fantastic. Oh, yeah. I just I'm I'm sad because I feel like we barely scratched the surface of everything we could cover here. But that's kind of the problem. Is like you want to go, go ten minutes over? I mean, I, I'm fine for it if you want. It's up to you. If you can't, no, whatever. You know, fine. That's I absolutely call. can't. I'm really, I'm, re- I'm really, I'm really sorry that I can't. I have, I, I have a hard out, unfortunately. It's all good. But I it's would love to have. I sincerely, I would love to have you back at some point to talk about more because I know people have more questions for us. It's just. Again, that's why we do this podcast. There's so much to cover yeah. that too many people don't cover. But uh, for no, sure. you, for sure. the answers are answers are great. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, where 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 can we find you online as an author, and then I guess as an agent? If you're, I don't actually, I don't know if you're closed to submissions or not. Um, I am always open and closed at the same time. I, have, I do have a pretty full <laughs> list, but uh, and, and right now I'm going on vacation, agent. so. Uh, but, uh, but you can still always, the thing is things can get through and that's fine. Um, but you'll be speaking to my assistant probably, but he's great. Um, so you can find me, um, online, uh, including website at Seth A.S. Fishman. My middle name is Aaron and shy. So Seth as Fishman is both Instagram, Twitter, and, uh, um, um, my website, uh, for books. And then, for my email for for work yes you can you can reference this this podcast uh, when you query and that's totally fine um don't send it to the info account send it directly to me um that's probably got a better chance and my email address is confusing so it's probably needs to be typed in somewhere uh, but it's uh <laughs> you can find it online uh sfishman at the try and figure that out and see if you can do that <laughs> but that's it Okay. Yes, mention mention this podcast and Seth will actually only take eight percent commission. That's yeah. a special we're running this week. This week exactly. only eight percent. The other seven percent will save orcas. Exactly. They will go to the Orcas, the orcas support fund. It's all about the orcas, Mar. That's another t shirt we can do right I'll there. Write it that's down. Seth can wear to a con under his blazer. It'll be all awesome. about the orcas. And then you know, you can wear the white whale the, the white orca shirt too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, Matt, tell us where we can find you. Uh, I'm, you know, clinging to the sinking ship that is Twitter. I'm usually still there because I just can't give it up. It's an abusive relationship. I'm working on it. But yeah, I'm at, I'm on Twitter at Matt F. Wallace. My website, matt-wallace.com. I try to keep it up to date with all my touring right now throughout the month in support of Savage Crowns, which just came out last Tuesday. So please go buy that and go check my website to see where you can find me. 
this month. I'm doing events with uh, Premi, who's in the chat right now. We got one coming up at the end of the month from Mysterious Galaxy virtual event. Everybody can come to that. And uh, I did want to quickly just backtrack and say I saw that I believe the kids are sleeping. Put the link to the Steam link to Clockwork Revolution, my the video game I'm writing, in the chat. And I really appreciated that. But you should go check that out as well. And if you haven't seen the Clockwork Revolution trailer, please go look that up because it's a fucking amazing trailer. Matt, the cover of your most recent book looks awesome. Just wanted to share that. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, Chris McGrath, we were we were so lucky to have Chris for all three books. I love how the trilogy looks together. Chris did everyone, and everyone I feel like is better than the last one. So yeah, I, I appreciate that. I totally agree. I'm really happy with how those all came out. Um, for the stream, we're going to be rating Space Valkyries, who is a uh, friend of the stream, but they're uh, streaming right now, so we're going to go say hey to them. And as for me, you can find me at merverse.com. Uh, my next book, Chaos Terminal, which fell off the desk earlier. I'm so good at this. Wait, mine I came in. I should have brought it to the thing. You got it right there. Yes, yes I yes. have it in. <laughs> Chaos Terminal is available for pre-order. I love those covers. Yes. That's a great, yes. yeah. Those have great covers, too, yeah. sincerely. They, they knocked out of the park with those. I'm yeah. very excited to read it myself. I don't have a copy yet. So. I, I know, I know. I I know. I it just came in. It just came in. It's all good. It's all good. I'm yeah. just saying. I'm just very excited about anyway, it. Anyway, Merverse.com is where you can find me. Thank you so much, Seth. Thank you, Matt. And uh, we'll go say hey to Space Valkyries. How the raid tag is hashtag Merraid. And um, we'll see you next time. Yeah, thanks you everyone, and really, you know, good luck to good luck with you on everything. Everything's you know, just just keep riding. We all want to read it. We're excited about it. Damn right. Thank you, Seth. This podcast was produced under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Music provided by Devo Spice, devospice.com. Ditch Diggers! This is a free podcast brought to you by the kindness of our patrons. If you would like to also be kind and a patron, go to patreon.com slash mightymurr.